None of us are worthy to share the gospel. God's not done with me. If you have the opportunity to go, and you need to go. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. Once again, Bell Shoals family, my name is Corey Abney, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I want to welcome those of you with us here at our Brandon campus. And as always, we want to welcome all of you who are joining us online all across the country. We're so grateful to have you with us today. As we conclude uh, our annual emphasis called Difference Makers, where we are talking about the blessing of making a difference in this world where God has placed us. And um, as, as, we, as we kick off our time in God's Word today, I want to do something a little bit different. And I, I don't know if we had, do we have any students with us today? Any, any uh, elementary students, any kids in this service? Do we have anybody here? So, okay. Anybody who wants to volunteer and come down front with me? Come on, anybody? Come on. I need a volunteer today. No volunteers? No? No? Oh, we're down. <laughs> Stranger danger. All right. Do we have, oh, come on down. Come on down. All right. Yes, come on. Oh, look at this. This is so great. This is so awesome. Hey, guys. Come on up here. You guys are so sweet. That's awesome. Hi there. Hi. Come on. Can, can y'all come on up here? Mom can come too. Hi, Mom. No, I wouldn't play on that. It's all good. It's a, how are you guys? Y'all doing good? What are your names? Jonathan and Melissa. Wow. Okay, how old are you guys? Five. Five? And five? Melissa's five. I'm five. We are twins. And you're twins? That is so awesome. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so are you always good for mom? I'm kidding. All right. I'm not going to. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I got a little something for you. Hang on a second. Okay, I got, I got a little something for you today, okay? You can tell me what you want to do, okay? And your brother might need your, your help today. All right. Oh, we got more. Oh, come on up. How are you guys? Come on. All right, y'all come around here. All right, let me move this other way. All right. Our, our production team hates me right now. All right. Come on over. Come on over here, guys. Come on. Okay, what's your name? Colby. Okay, Colby. Elena. Elena and Elsie. Okay, come on up here, guys. Come on over here. Okay, y'all can help each other then, okay? Y'all so beautiful. This is a... So you're twins too? Six. Okay, y'all are six and twins, five and twins. And you're ten. That's awesome. All right. I don't know what's happening out there in our Bell Shoals family, but. Okay. All right. So, all right. So we got the twins and. Ten years. Okay, so here's, here's your choice today, okay? So this is what I need your help with. And you can decide whatever you all want, okay? 
So if I had in this envelope, okay, a check for a million dollars, because Pastor Jason, you know, our lead worship pastor, he sold all of his jean jackets recently. <laughs> all right, so, okay, a million dollars or a penny, okay, which one would you choose? Do you guys even know what a million dollars is? Yes. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's almost Christmas, right? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So that's a good choice. I would, ma- I would make that same choice. Okay. Now here's where I need your, you thinking. Okay. So what if I did this? What if I said, okay, this check for a million dollars or this penny. Now you ready for this? But here's the deal. I'm going to double this penny for 30 days. Okay. And at the end of 30 days, I'm going to give you whatever amount that is. Okay? So, so you can have a million dollars or you can have a penny that I'm going to double in value for 30 days. So today it's worth one cent. Tomorrow will be two cents. The day after that, it will be not quite 30. Yeah. It's going to go from one to two, two to four, four to eight. Right? Like four days in, you're going to have like 16 cents. Isn't that amazing? Okay. All right. So would you rather have the million dollars today or would you rather have the amount that this is going to turn into after 30 days? A million dollars today. A million dollars today. That's what I like. A million dollars. Okay. So you're with them on this? A million dollars today. You already. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need to go ahead and tell you this. I don't actually have a million dollars. Oh, he gone. All right. Okay. All right. Now that's, a, that's, that's, that's what I would choose, okay? Now, but do you know how much this penny is worth after 30 days if I double it? Okay, you ready for this? $5.3 million. I know. Isn't that crazy? If I double the value of this penny every single day for 30 days, it's worth $5.3 million. Oh, that's a lot more than one million. Yes. And so you only got the envelope. Sorry. What? Well, guys, I mean, it's just an illustration. That doesn't matter. I saw money. All right. Oh, you still have. Okay, good. But here's what I do have. This did not go according to plan. Okay. Actually, what I do have, though, I'm going to use, I'm going to have to use both services. Okay, here. I actually do have, I'm going to get you more. I do have Jeremiah's gift cards, though. Oh, okay. Do you like Jeremiah's? Yeah. All right. Okay, here you go. Now, y'all come see me in the lobby, and I'm going to get one for everyone. <laughs> okay. In my mind, I thought I'd have one kid up here today and not our entire kids' ministry. There you go. Okay, there's Jeremiah's. Y'all go get some Jeremiah's. And that's not a million dollars of Jeremiah's, but I hope it's enough to give you a little treat. Okay. All right, would you all thank our volunteers? Okay, all right, you guys go back to your seats. Thank you so much. You guys are so sweet. You're so sweet. You're so great. Thank you all so much. All right, you all come see me. I got more gift cards. Okay. All right, to any of our staff watching, I need more gift cards. Okay. (laughs) Before the end of the service. Okay. All right, man, those kids are awesome. That is so cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for helping me out with that. So, The power of multiplication, right? The power of multiplication. One penny doubled for just 30 days in value 
Okay, 5.3 million. Here, here's how you get there. All right, here's how you get there. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm not the world's best mathematician, all right. Uh, day five, you got 16 cents. Day 10, you have $5.12. Day 15, you have $163. Day 20, you have $5,242. Day 25, $167,000. Day 28, 1.3 million. Day 29, 2.6 million. Day 30, $5.368 million. So the power of multiplication, right? And um, the, the first time I ever started kind of crunching those kinds of numbers, years and years and years ago, uh, I was amazed by like this multiplication factor. You know, if you're, if you're doubling something that you have in terms of value, you're multiplying something that you have, just how exponentially things grow. And and the reason I emphasize that today at the end of our Difference Maker series is because that is very much how God works through the ministry of the local church. Because do you remember this? I don't know. Like this was shocking. Okay, this is kind of like Jesus saying to his followers, okay, during his earthly ministry. It's kind of like him saying, hey, do you want a million dollars today or a penny that doubles in value for 30 days? Okay, here's the equivalent that Jesus taught his followers. He, he said, I'm... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you, but I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And Jesus talked about the fact that through the power of the Holy Spirit, more would happen in the world, throughout the world, than if he were just with us in one place at one time. Because, of course, we know the multiplying factor of the Holy Spirit indwelling every single believer now, everywhere... A believer goes around the world, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is with them. And so here's the multiplying factor of what you and I are a part of when we think about the church, okay? Instead of Jesus being here in one place, right, one location, caring about his ministry, Jesus says, I'm actually going to go back to the Father, but I'm going to give you my spirit. And my spirit indwelling every single believer now is multiplying my presence, multiplying my power, multiplying my work in the world, so that now there are millions of people spread out across all nations, all places, and therefore God's working in a more profound way today than even when Jesus was on the earth. That's the power of multiplication. And if you're new to church, if you're new to Christianity, I, listen, I, I want you to know that our God is a multiplying God. Our God is a God who takes a people who have little, or a people who aren't the most talented, or a people who aren't the most educated, or a people who, you know, uh, aren't overly special. And God takes like just average ordinary people like us and he uses us in extraordinary ways. And what God does with who we are and what we have is profound. Because all of us can make a difference. You see, here, here's the thing. God is a God of multiplication. This is what he's done throughout the history of the world. We think of like the feeding of the 5,000, right? They had five loaves and two fish. Jesus fed thousands of people. I mean, we, we go back to the days of Elisha and, and, and we remember the, the, the feeding of a hundred men. We think of the widow's oil overflowing. We think of Jesus, right, right, when he called the first disciples where, where he, he, he said, okay, I tell you what, boys, I know you've been fishing all night, but go, go out one more time and cast those nets over the side of the boats. And they're like, Lord, man, we've, we've been out here all night. We've caught nothing. And Jesus says, just do it one more time. And in faith they did and literally their nets nearly broke. 
because of the fish that were multiplied to them. Our God is a multiplying God. Our God is a God. Here's what he does. He uses our gifts. He uses our talents. He uses our, our time. He uses our dollars. He uses our conversations to, um, to, to make much of himself and to accomplish his work in the world. I just want you to understand, our God is a multiplying God. He can take what you have, what you give, what you leverage, your time, your conversations, and he can use them in a powerful way. This is how God works. Let me just say it this way. His math and his economy is not our math and our economy. And, and there's an amazing example of this back in the, in the days of Israel, back in the days of the divided kingdom now. Israel is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern kingdom. And Israel is the northern kingdom. Judah is the southern kingdom. We're constantly at war. And, and there's a lot of idolatry in the nation, and the northern kingdom largely was just off the rails. And they were worshiping other gods, and they were evil, and they were constantly threatening the southern kingdom, which is the kingdom where Jerusalem was located. David was king at one time, right? You've, you, you've got kind of a mixture of good and bad kings there, and there's a struggle between the south and the north constantly. And there's an example in Israel's history, uh, Amaziah is king. Amaziah reigned from seven. 96 BC down to uh, 767 or so. And, and um, Amaziah is king of the southern kingdom. And he's worried about the threats from the northern kingdom. And they're in a time where there's, there's tension and conflict and there's potentially going to be another war. And so Amaziah is freaking out a little bit. And let me show you what happens here, okay, because there's, there's a lesson here for us today and what happened there with Israel with respect to the multiplying power of God. Here, here's what happened, Second Chronicles 25, you can see it on the screen here. Then Amaziah organized the army and he assigned generals and captains for all Judah and Benjamin and he took a census and he found that he had an army of 300,000 select troops. Now, that may seem like a lot, that is not a lot. If you go through the history of the southern kingdom here, what you discover is that 300,000 for Judah was very low. So Amaziah takes over as king, right? He's concerned with the threats from the north. He takes the census of all of his fighting men. He only has 300,000. That is one of the lowest numbers of fighting men that Judah ever had. So now he's concerned. Are you with me? So he's concerned. He's like, I don't have enough. So he got 300,000. So watch this. So they were 20 years or older, uh, all trained with uh, spear and shield. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> all right. So the, the point here is he doesn't have a lot of men. It's low. Historically low numbers of troops. So here's what he does. Watch this. So he pays about 7,500 pounds of silver. That's a lot of money back then. And he hires 100,000 experienced fighting men from Israel. So he, he hires basically 100,000 mercenaries out of Israel to come alongside of Judah to help fight Israel. Because he's kind of panicked. Like, I don't have enough men to defend Judah. 
So he's got 300,000. He's like, I need more. So he hires, I mean, at tremendous expense, 7,500 pounds of silver, these other men from Israel. But then watch this. A prophet comes to him. A man of God comes to him and says this. Your majesty, do not hire troops from Israel, for the Lord is not with Israel. The Lord was with Judah. God's promises were with David. Right, God's favor and faithfulness are tethered to the southern kingdom, not the northern kingdom that was so evil and, and idolatrous. So the prophet comes to Amaziah, like, king, listen, I can see, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, I can see where that might be like a good idea. You need extra men. But please, this is what the Lord says. Do not partner with the northern kingdom. Do not hire these men from Israel because the Lord's not with Israel. And here's what he says. He will not help those people of Ephraim. If you let them go with your troops into battle, you will be defeated by the enemy no matter how well you fight. And then look at this. This is what I want you to outline, underline, highlight in your Bibles. And I want you to put this in your mind today. Look at this word. God will overthrow you for he has the power to help you or the power to trip you up. Literally in the, uh, in, in the Hebrew language, okay, it says God has the power to help and he also has the power to cause one to stumble. And the prophet saying to Amaziah, your mistake is about to be you fear the northern kingdom more than you fear the Lord God. So let me, let me give you, a, I've got two takeaways for you today just as we wrap up difference makers. Here, here's what I want you to see. Our God has the power to minimize and he has the power to multiply. And I don't know where you are in your life today, your circumstances, your family, your finances, your future, what you're struggling with, you know, what you're hopeful about, what you're excited about. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what challenges you're facing. We all have them at various times in life. I know Amaziah had a tremendous challenge right here in front of him with the northern kingdom. He only has 300,000 fighting men. That's not enough to defend his territory. So he takes matters into his own hands and he's actually going to borrow from the enemy. And, and, and the word of God to him is, hey, why are you trusting in the enemy more than you're trusting in me? Because God had been crystal clear to Amaziah and his fathers that nothing's going to happen to the southern kingdom. Nothing's going to happen to the people of Judah. God's going to bring the Messiah through Judah. He's not going to let the southern kingdom fall. He's not going to let Judah be abolished. He, no, no, no. The Lord has given his promise. He's given his word. He's not going to let Judah fall. And so it's like, Amaziah, why are you leaning into the Israelites? Why are you spending all this money to, to, to hire these, these fighting men? Do you not trust the Lord? It's the Lord who has the power to cause you to succeed or to cause you to stumble. The Lord. And it's a reminder to us today that, the, that our God has the power to either minimize 
or multiply. In other words, listen, here's what we need to see in Amaziah's day and our day. Listen, the amount of soldiers in Amaziah's army made absolutely no difference in terms of the outcome of the fight because God's ability is supreme and his will always prevails. And what the prophet is saying to Amaziah is it doesn't matter how many troops you have. If the Lord is with you and the Lord's going to accomplish his plan and purpose through you, you can have 300,000 troops, 600,000 troops, 100,000 troops. The number of troops in the battle don't matter when the Lord is on your side. Now I got news for you. That's not good human math. That's, you're going to give me a penny now and double it? No, 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 I'll take the million dollars. Right? That's not good human math. You know what is good human math? I better hire 100,000 fighting men out of Israel to help. I better take matters into my own hands. I better do what I think is best and makes the most sense and not lean in to the promises of God. That's good human math. You know what the Lord's math is? I don't. It doesn't make any sense to my finite mind, but I I know this. Wherever the Lord makes a promise, he's going to be faithful to see it through. And I can't always, with my small little pea brain, make sense of how that happens, but I can tell you it happens. In my human math, I have no idea how the Lord provides more to me the more I give away. In my human mind and in my human math, I don't know how the Lord multiplies my time and my investment in others in such a way that by giving away more of myself, I actually feel more fulfilled in my life. That's not human math, but I got good news for you today. Our God has his own economic system. And where we lean into his faithfulness and we lean into his promises and we lean into his power, guess what? He multiplies his work in ways that we can't always fully comprehend or understand. That's what the prophet's saying to Amaziah. I get it makes sense for you to hire this 100,000 out of Israel, but they're evil men. They're corrupt men. What are you doing partnering with the enemy in this way? No, 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 no. Trust the Lord because it's the Lord that has the power for you to succeed or stumble. The Lord has the power to help or to hinder. The Lord is the one who will sustain you and give you victory. You lean into the Lord. You be faithful to the Lord. You do what the Lord's tasked you to do, and he will be with you. It doesn't matter if you have 300,000 men or 100,000 men or 600,000 men. Throughout history, the Lord has proven over and over and over again, it's not about how many men are in the fight. It's about whether or not the Lord is with you in the fight. And I just want you to know wherever you are in life today, it doesn't matter how many dollars are in the fight, how many people are in the fight, what the circumstances are in the fight. If the Lord is with you, you will prevail. If the Lord is with you, you will experience his victory in one way or another. Because the Lord, listen to me, he has the power to minimize and he has the power to multiply. The Lord does. I'm mindful of Proverbs 3, right? Famous verses, if you've been around church for a while, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend upon your own understanding. In in everything you do, seek him and his will for you and he will direct your paths. He will make them straight. 
Amaziah is like, no, I'm going to trust in <laughs> my own understanding. The prophet says, no, don't do that. Trust in the Lord. The Lord has the power to succeed, and he has the power to cause you to stumble. Trust in the Lord. And, and then let me show you the very last verse here, 2 Chronicles 25, 9. So Amaziah asked the man of God, but what about all that silver I paid to the army of Israel? Okay, I get what you're saying, but man, I've, I've laid out a lot of money here. And the man of God says, um, the Lord is able to give you so much more than this. That's a lot of silver. That's a lot of money. Um, I got news for you, Amaziah. The Lord owns everything. Um, do you think that 7,500 pounds of silver is a lot of money to the Lord? <laughs> like he owns everything. He could give you 7,500 pounds of silver tomorrow. You got to trust him with your today, right? And so listen, God has the power to minimize and multiply. And here, here's what I want to leave you with, okay, in this series. Our God multiplies the fruit of our faithfulness. And here's what I'm going to challenge you with today. If you'll, if you'll be faithful with what the Lord has entrusted to you, if you'll be faithful to serve him, follow him, love him, honor him in your life, here's what I, listen, I just would love for you to put him to the test in this, right? In faith, just listen, here's what, he's going to multiply the fruit of your faithfulness. And you'll begin to experience victory in ways that you never thought possible. And you're going to see this economic dynamic that the Lord has that we don't fully understand because there are so many times in our lives where we're like, okay, God, I don't know if I do this, you know, that's a big investment. God, what I'm giving up with some vacation time, with some of my financial resources, with some of my energy, whatever, God, that's a lot. And, and, and just hear the word of the Lord. You think that's a lot to the Lord? You don't think he can bless you beyond that? Like that's nothing for the Lord. Amaziah, just do the right thing. Just trust him. Fear him more than you fear your enemy. And the Lord will see you through. And what a great reminder that is to us and the day and time in which we live. You see that God is faithful to provide when we are faithful to follow. And I just want you to understand the Lord in my own life, okay, not as a pastor, just as a Christ follower. The Lord has proven this to me and my family over and over and over again. That if we're just faithful to follow the Lord, he will provide in ways that don't make sense to us. And I want you to understand, if you're new to Bell Shoals and you're getting connected and plugged in, listen, I want to challenge you today to trust the Lord with your financial resources. To give out of the first fruits of what you receive to fuel the work of missions here in West Central Florida and around the world. The Lord in his word tells us that we're to trust him first and foremost with what we receive through our work, right, like to trust him to take the very first thing we do is to give to the Lord, to give to the work of ministry, to trust him. That's an evidence of our faith. And I know for many of us who are new to, to, to Christianity, maybe we're new to, to Bell Shoals and we're thinking, okay, God, I don't know, in this economy, I have to trust you with something. And, and there's no, in the New Testament, there's no certain percentage or amount. It, it's just about walking with the Lord, trusting him, being sacrificial with him. And it's like, Lord, I'm supposed to trust you. Yes, you're supposed to trust him. Do you know why? Because he's the God. God of the universe, and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if you'll just trust him with your today, he will secure your tomorrow. 
You trust them. Yes, that's what the word was to Amaziah thousands of years ago. Trust them. You think 7,500 pounds of silver is a lot? It is on a human level. It is not on a divine level. Trust him. Trust him. I've challenged you lovingly (laughs) in this upcoming year to take a couple days, go on mission. I know it's a sacrifice. It's time away from your family. It's maybe a couple of days off work. It'll change your life. You say, can God multiply that? Oh, you have no idea. You know what, this is so cool. If you're new to Bell Shoals, about, this is our, I think our, um, it's our third or fourth year doing the Real Hope Christmas Party the way we're currently doing it. Listen, we've always done stuff for families in need at Christmas time, but three or four years ago, we implemented this vision called the Real Hope Christmas Party. Now we're partnering with our schools, and man, we're just loving on kids and families, and we're uniquely, specifically blessing them. You know, like they're actually filling out um, information about the gifts that would mean something to them, and and, um, and we have those on the tags, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tags all across Bell Shoals. It started out relatively small. And, and what's happened is, can I just tell you, it's just God's economy. And I want to thank you, Bell Shoals, for being so generous. You pull a tag, it's got a child's name on it. You know what's going to happen here in a couple of weeks? We're going to have our Christmas party. We're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families with us. Our gymnasium here at Brandon will be absolutely full. Worship center at Apollo Beach, absolutely full. I mean, we are pushing the limits of the fire code, all right? Not really. Okay, we're going to delete that from the live stream. Okay, so I'm just telling you, I wish you could see it. The gymnasium is packed. Guys, we got round tables in there, hundreds of kids. And we do this program for them. We have a phenomenal meal. We have, this is my favorite part, okay, I'm the sprinkles guy. And we got like a pancake station, and you come through, and there's whipped cream and sprinkles and chocolate chips. And I mean, listen, we had a kid last year. This is my favorite memory from last year. We had this kid come through, and I'm like, I'm just, man, it's just so much fun to be, isn't isn't it good to give? To be a blessing. I mean, it's just so much fun. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm having the time of my life. And I'm just whipped cream and sprinkles and chocolate chips on pancakes. And I, this one little girl came by, I'll never forget it. And I'm like, hey, sweetheart, you want some whipped cream? She goes, yep. And she grabbed the ball out of my hand. She went, <laughs> I'm like, all right, honey, you can just keep that bottle. All right, you just keep that on. I am not making that up. I mean, I'd never seen that before. She went, Oh, it was amazing. They go through this program. It, our team does such an amazing job. Hey, we have, we got like bubbles coming down out of the ceiling. I don't even know how that happens. We got, we had snow last year. Snow. It started snowing in the gym. It impressed me. Apparently none of you like, I like snow. Okay. It was cool in Florida. What, are y'all not amazed by this? Snow. And then we get up and in two languages, we share the gospel. We see people come to faith in Christ. And then uh, Pastor Jaime from our Espanol campus and I, we lead, we got this big march. Okay, this year we're coming through our education wing. We got some kind of elf uh, thing. I don't know. <laughs> Just go with me here. Okay, so it's some kind of walk. I mean, it's fun. And we get over here to the fountain and we've got hundreds and hundreds, all these people out in the fountain. Jaime and I get up there and we're like, okay, we love you one more time. We love you. We're for you. And then these, we open up the doors, this big reveal, and these kids, they flood into our lobby, and we have these massive boxes with all the gifts that you're providing. And these kids know their boxes because their names are on them. 
and there's these huge boxes, and they tear into these huge boxes, and then there's all these little wrapped packages of all the toys that you bought, and then there's bikes there. And I know for some of you, a bike for Christmas isn't that big of a deal because maybe your kids have had them for years. But, you know, we've, we've seen teenagers never have a bike before, and they're overwhelmed. And let me tell you what happens next. There's just, I don't know. I mean, we, I'll have pictures for you here in a couple of weeks. I'm just telling you, it's amazing. And then Pastor Jason and I go out, and this is where uh, our legal team gets involved because um, a lot of these kids don't know how to, they've never had a bike, don't know how to ride bikes. And, and we, Jason and I are out there, we're trying to teach them to ride bikes. And the first year, Jason about killed a kid. And then last year, we had a crash and a kid fell. And, it, and so there's just, you know, we have a lot of lawsuits pending. Okay, okay. So, uh, but I mean, I'm telling you, it's just, it's amazing, man. It's like a NASCAR race out there around the fountain. And it's, and it's just, oh man, you guys. I just can't help but to think, you know, as we're in the midst of all these things, the Lord Jesus saying, it is better to give than receive. And um, to use that as an opportunity to share the gospel, to love on these families, to bless these children. Many of them living with their grandparents or another caretaker. And it's just, oh, I can't even tell you. It's just, listen to me. That's just one small facet of what we do around here every week. And when you give to the ministry of Bell Shoals, when you serve, when you go on a mission trip, when you volunteer at the Real Hope House, when you help pull a tag, and it may seem like a small thing to you. Can I just tell you how God works in his economy? There are no small things. And what seems like a small thing to you, God is multiplying across thousands at Bell Shoals. And that small thing is actually a big thing that echoes all throughout the year in terms of gospel impact. That's God's economy. You see, he has the power to minimize and multiply, and God always multiplies the fruit of our faithfulness. So hear me on this now, okay? Here's, here's, listen, God can only multiply what you sow. He can only multiply what you sow. And some of you can go try to pull a tag out there today. Those tags are gone. I tell my kids the first week we do it, you get here before the first service and you get out there and you get some tags. <laughs> because uh, Bell Shoals is a generous church. And we take very seriously what the Lord's taught us. It's better to give than receive. We take very seriously kind of our mission statement around here. We are a part of a mission and a movement that's changing the world. We take it seriously. And um, so as we wrap up this series, I want to see one more episode from our creative team that highlights just a couple of members who have been through some very difficult times and um, who found themselves in unlikely situations but were just willing to put their yes on the table, all right, and, um, and sacrifice some time, some dollars, some energy, and, uh, and the Lord's using them in a great way, and I believe he's using us, and I, I'd love for you to be a part of that, all right? So let's, let's watch this last episode together as we wrap up our series. Jesus once described the crowds he encountered during his earthly ministry as sheep without a shepherd. He looked upon these crowds and he had great compassion on them. He didn't just see a crowd, he knew each of them by name. Jesus calls us to die to ourselves and lay down our individual desires. He calls us to be part of a greater mission. When we give our yes to Jesus, he uses us to demonstrate his compassion for the crowds around us. He uses us as workers to bring in his harvest and accomplish his mission.
So you have this call to ministry and then you have this mission trip opportunity. What were your initial thoughts? What were your initial feelings about the mission trip? How did it come about to you to say, my yes is on the table? I'd never been outside the country, so I didn't know what it looked like. I'd know what to expect from the people. Costa Rica was like a shell shock for me. And I was scared and I didn't know if people were gonna listen to me. I didn't know if I was gonna have an impact. Like you hear all these stories of, oh my gosh, this changed my life. Oh my gosh, this is a crazy experience. And I just didn't know if that was gonna happen for me. And I gotta be honest, I, I first I didn't wanna be there. I was like, what am I doing here? So my prayer for the entire week was, Lord, let me be comfortable in the uncomfortable. That's why I kept praying every day. So you were definitely uncomfortable. Absolutely. Did God answer your prayer? He did. We had an opportunity to go speak to schools. And I was like, let's go, like, this is this is my element. Like, I'm, I'm good, like, I'm gonna do this. I, I get to be with kids and students. Like, this is what I love to do. But we can only send a certain amount of people to go. Of course, I wasn't selected to go to the schools. The trip doesn't start as planned. The first part of the trip isn't going as planned, but your yes is still on the table. The second day, I was able to go to the school. Okay. And this is where things like got like insane. Ian was not chosen to go to the school on the first day as he would have liked. However, when the opportunity arose to have a second day of evangelism at a local school, Ian found himself in the middle of something that was completely unexpected. The team intended to minister at a local Costa Rican school, but God opened up another door to share the gospel at a Chinese school that had never before been reached with the good news. Chinese school is a private school where the gospel is not allowed to be shared. And so we we're kind of waiting out by this gate and Pastor Koki is one of the leaders here just automatically started praying because he didn't think that we'd be able to get in and start sharing the gospel, but God opened the gate, God unlocked the door. Ian and the others found themselves presenting the gospel in English, translated into Spanish for a group of Chinese students living in Costa Rica. This is how our God works. He took something that was very unusual and even uncomfortable, and he turned it into a miracle. God sent his workers into a school that was ripe for harvest. Esta es una oportunidad de oro, porque no solo estamos llegando a una escuela, estamos llegando a una cultura que es 100% budista. And I remember we go in there, and I get to give the gospel presentation. I think every kid in that room raised their hand that they prayed to receive Christ that day. I couldn't help but feel like unworthy to do this. Like here I was two days ago, being uncomfortable and saying, I don't want to be here, and the Lord lets me do something like that. El día de ayer fue un milagro porque 42 jovencitos de China recibieron a Jesucristo como su salvador. Para mí esto es un milagro. Nunca había pasado eso. Y tenemos años de hacer esto y nunca uh, en perfecto español. Going into the schools and talking about the gospel and seeing how excited these kids were to hear about the gospel, it's like, these people want to know. It's not like as scary as we think it is. If you let God use you, like God will like speak through you. I feel like it's just all in like giving God your yes. Coming back, I was like, it taught me a big lesson of like, okay, you went and you talked to random people on the street. Now let's talk to our neighbors. Let's, let's spread the gospel here now. None of us are worthy to share the gospel. I mean, that's the beautiful thing of it. But we get to be his hands and feet. 
If we're faithful and we allow God to move in our lives, he will use us and he will change lives. God has a way of using the circumstances in our lives to ultimately work for our good and for his glory. God used a very serious health scare in Tom's life to help draw him closer and eventually lead him to giving his yes. And I'd always been like, you know, those statements of my mission field is at home. And it is, okay? And I need to support those who go on missions. So it was like, send the kids and the wife, and man, I can watch whatever I want on TV for two weeks. If I do a spiritual gift inventory, I have zero hospitality, zero mercy scores. I never really liked people. I liked doing stuff with people, but I didn't like them for who they were. But the transformation has been over the 20 some years that I've been walking with Jesus is realizing how much he's done for me and getting to see people through his eyes. And so I had this great offshore fishing trip. Five other guys depended upon me. I really didn't feel good. I said, still gotta go, can't let the guys down. But we're catching 25 pound snappers, 100 miles out in the Gulf. I mean, it's macho, tough stuff. We're bringing them up. And I'd have to sit on the cooler and I was just like, oh. Man, I gotta get in shape. I need to get back in the gym. And the next morning I got up and I couldn't walk from my bedroom to the sink without gasping for air. I said, um, I don't know what's wrong, but I need to go to the ER. Went in there, I was like, I probably have a lung infection, who knows? They were like, looked at the EKG and they put me on a gurney and they said, don't move. And I went to the front of the line, CT scans, came back and they said, 70 to 80% of your lungs are full of clots. They pulled clots out of my lungs for three hours. I watched it all on the big screen TV. And so I was discharged on, um... Monday, um, and Wednesday evening, we, we say gratitude in choir. That's where there's a line inside of these lungs. I'm like, God's not done with me. He's got stuff for me to do. Out of the clear blue, Debbie Barton calls a meeting of missionary leaders. And she invites me and my wife, which is fascinating because I've never even been on a mission trip. I'm like, what am I doing here? So I'm like, well, I'm going to go and support the wife, you know. And Susan Bradford said, oh, good. You two are going to go to Macedonia with me. And I was like, oh, that's great. I don't even know where Macedonia is. And um, over the next couple of months, God just worked on my heart. And he said, here's an opportunity. And um, we went to Macedonia with um, a team of 10 people and just uh, it was transformational. None of us are owed tomorrow. None of us. No. You found yourself in a hospital bed with not great prognosis. No. And it's in that moment where you're saying, God, I'm asking you that whatever you, whatever life you give to me, may I do more for you because you loved me I love you mm -hmm. you know so that heart for missions that my wife had I have that now everybody needs the Lord not just people in Macedonia not just people in Costa Rica people need the Lord right where we are right now the first mission trip I ever did was going to Haiti never really done this before didn't know what to expect 
but something inside me just kept saying, just go, just do it. I don't think as much as we want to think it's about what we do, it's not about what we do, it's about what God is doing in the people's hearts, and we just have to be faithful to share the news over and over again, you know, whether they reject it or receive it. I was reading in, in, in Luke this morning, mm -hmm. and let me read you a, a, a verse in Luke 10, 1. And it says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. Yeah. And so that's what missions are. That's right. That's you right. go out to the places where he himself intends to go. And you got to get it ready for when he... That's right. And the next verse says, that's the harvest passage. Yes, that's right. Send out, the harvest is yeah, send out laborers. Yeah. Send out laborers. So we're on top of Montserrat, overlooking Bogota right here. And honestly, the camera does not do it justice. We're looking over a city of 10 to 11 million people. What gets me is those 11 million people, God knows their name and God loves every single one of them. And it's God's desire for them to know him as Lord and Savior. I'm reminded of the story Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord to send out more workers into the harvest. And just seeing being here this week, we've not even explored a fraction of this city. And it's just imperative that we as a church, we're a part of a mission and a movement that's changing the world that we all do our part because the harvest here is plentiful but the workers are few. Out of his love, God chooses to use people like you and me as the workers to bring in his harvest. Often, that means leaving behind the comfort, leaving behind our own desires, leaving behind everything that hinders us. It means saying yes to the plan that God has for our lives because through Christ, we can all be difference makers.